Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. Kings 13:33. After this event, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but again, he made priests from every class of people for the high places, whoever he wished. He consecrated him, and he became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing was the sin of the house of Jeroboam, so as to exterminate and destroy it from the face of the earth. Okay, it was wrong. For him to take just any old person he wanted to and make them a priest. That was Levites were supposed to be priests. The law of Moses, God's law, specifically said that only Levites could be priests. And the very reason why only the Levites could be priests is because way back in Exodus 32, the last time when we saw Israel worshiping golden calves the time before, God commanded the unrepentant those who would not stop worshiping to this calf, he ordered them to be killed. And the only tribe that would step up to do that job were the Levite people. And that's why the Levites are the only ones that could be priests because of that situation. And so you can see now how Jeroboam had total disregard to God and his law. He wasn't doing anything the way God wanted anything done. He was even setting up the altars in the first place to keep people from going to Jerusalem to worship the Lord in the temple the way he wanted to be worshiped. Now, I want to fast forward you 300 years into the future to when the young man's prophecy actually came true. When a man named Josiah, he said he was going to be named Josiah, actually became king of Israel and actually fulfilled the very actions that the prophet said in his message. Amazing. And what was that that he was going to do? He was going to burn the priest's bones on Jeroboam's altars. Watch this. We're going ahead 300 years. 2 Kings 23, 14. And he broke in pieces the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images and filled their places with the bones of men. Moreover, the altar that was at Bethel and the high place which Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin, had made both that altar and the high place he broke down. And he burned the high place and crushed it to powder and burned the wooden image. As Josiah turned, he saw the tombs that were there on the mountain. And he sent and took the bones out of the tombs and burned them on the altar and defiled it according to the word of the Lord, which the man of God proclaimed, who proclaimed these words. (laughs) That young man of God said it was going to happen. It happened. Friends, when God says he's going to do something, just because it takes a long time, that doesn't mean he's not going to do it. He will do it. For matter of fact, he said King Jesus is coming back, and people go, oh, well, they've been saying that for a long time. Well, God said it was going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, if you notice in this story, King Josiah did not just burn the bones of the dead priests of the past. 
it says in 2 Kings 23, 20, he executed all the priests of the high places who were there on the altars and burned men's bones on them. And he returned to Jerusalem. He killed the priests that were there doing it that day. Not just burn the bones of the priests of the past who had done it before. Both the living and the dead were judged. But these priests that he caught up to that day, they had known about this prophecy for a long 300 years. That is a long time. They knew that a king was coming. Christian, hear me. They knew that a king was coming, and he was coming with wrathful judgment. Yet they still refused to repent of their sin. And God's wrathful yet patient judgment caught up to them. Now, it's not written here, but I'm pretty sure there may have been a few priests over that 300-year period that said, you know what? I don't want this to happen to me. I quit. I'm backing out of this whole golden calf mess. I'm going to repent, and I'm going to get right with the Lord. I am out of here. And good for them if they did. But these priests that died here when Josiah caught up to him, when the king caught up to him, they had so much time to repent and get right with God, but they didn't, and they were burned for it. And so today, I want to tell you of another prophecy about another king who is coming, and he is coming with great wrath that will also tear down anything that stands against him, and he will burn the unrepentant, both the living and the dead. Here it is. Revelation 19.11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress and the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Friends, this is King Jesus. This is Messiah Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And this prophecy was written much longer back than 300 years ago. This means that all of us have had plenty of time to hear about it. But for many people who persist in their rebellion, they don't realize that their authority is no match for the Lord's. And whatever gestures of authority you're making in your life, do you realize God has the ability to dry it up? But you're thinking that because you can keep doing it that God, well, God just must be okay with it. No, he's being very patient with you. He's giving you the opportunity to repent and get right with him. He wants you to stop doing it your way, turn around and get right with him. The problem with people like this is that like the old prophet, they have become so tolerant to sin. We've got a lot of sin going on right down the road from, from here, even, even in my town. Right up the road, not 25 miles from me, the second largest abortion clinic in the world is in Houston, Texas. We go pray against that place. We're not going to sit here and be quiet about it. People have become so tolerant 
to what God's Word says is sin, not politics, not political correctness or culture. What God's Word says is sin, my friend, is sin. People are okay with sin. And because of this, they are okay with sin being in their own town. They're okay with sin being in their TV sets. They're okay with the the sin culture getting into their music and into their mind. And after living with it for so many years, like the old prophet did, they just get to the place where they don't care to do a thing about it, and they're just sitting there coasting like they're on cruise control. But if any one of you would repent and say, I don't want the king's wrath to fall on me. I am out of here. I quit this business. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go, and I'm going to get right with the Lord God. Then I want you to know in Acts 2.21, it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And friends, when it says whoever, that means whoever, that includes people, types that you don't like. Any last one of them can be saved if they will call upon the name of the Lord. They will be saved. Isn't that something? Obviously, I'm in my Jesus parallel segment of my message here. So I want to show you what King Josiah did after he broke down those altars in high places. Okay, check this out. Then he said, what gravestone is this that I see? So the men of the city told him, it is the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and proclaimed these things which you have done against the altar of Bethel. And he said, let him alone. Let no one move his bones. So they let his bones alone with the bones of the prophet who came from Samaria. (laughs) Friends, that was that old prophet that said, hey, when I die, bury me with him. He was actually buried with the young prophet. Now, I want you to understand something here from this story, how we saw that fiery judgment was executed against everyone, living or dead. The old priests from the past, their bones were burned. The priests who were alive that day were executed. Their bones were burned on the altar, living and the dead. You know, there are living and dead today. There are people who have died before those of us who are living today. They're going to be judged according to their belief, whether they believe in the Lord God or not. They're still going to be judged just like those of us who are alive today. The Lord God will judge all. And he burned the unrepentant who were buried as priests to Jeroboam's sin, buried as priests to that golden calf, and they all got to get in their little lineup of graves. We were priests of the golden calf. They were judged. You saw God's wrath fall on them, except for these two men. Leave them alone. God's prophesied wrathful judgment. Get this, Christian. Listen to me. God's prophesied judgment that he said was coming left alone those two men who were buried together. He was buried with him, and he was left alone. Check this out. Romans 6, 3, or do you not know that as many of us, as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. God's judgment passed over the two prophets. They were left alone. 
Friend, if you want God's wrathful judgment to pass over you, you need to be buried with Jesus Christ. You need to be buried with him, like him, so that you can also be raised like him. Now, some of you who are out there hearing me, you're kind of like that old prophet still right now. You've been tolerating sin for so long that you're okay with it. You're okay with sin. That's the problem. You call it what you want. Justify it away with political correctness, and that's what everybody's doing. And all. Okay, that's what the old guy did. But when will it finally strike you? When will it finally, the conviction, finally hit you that both you and I, we both, played a part in Jesus' death? Just like the old prophet, he realized, wait a minute, it really got to him. I played a part in that young man's death, and then he had this renewed sense of reverence. Friends, when will it occur to you that you played a part in Jesus' death? It was our sin that put him on that cross. And when will that finally convict you enough to believe in the message that he said, and finally to where you will want to be buried with Christ? So many people today are so sin-infected in the name of tolerance that they can't see God's work going on even when it's right in front of their face, like the old prophet couldn't see the work of the young man. And so people like this, they end up not believing in the one whom God sent. Now, if you want God's wrathful judgment to leave you alone, then you need to be buried with Jesus because he's the only one that has paid for all of our sin debt. John one twenty nine. John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Of the world, it says. The whole world. This means this was on a global scale. This was a huge, wide scope. And it's not just the whole world in John's day. That's still in our day. This means all of human history across all time. Jesus died for the sins of everyone. Now remember, The young prophet's sin was on a national scale, and so his judgment was public, and it was very harsh, so that the people would take his message seriously. So I want you to consider that the death penalty of sin that Jesus paid was for the entire world, all human history. And that's why Jesus' crucifixion was not only severe, but it was also made very, very public, just like the young man who was killed by the lion on the road. God timed that judgment. He focused it to happen there where it was very, very public and very visible. Jesus Christ was crucified on a hill so that people could see him dying for miles around. Nobody said, hey, let's make this private. Let's save him some of the shame and let's have a little reverence about it. Let's put him in a private room. Let's kill him there. No, they put him on top of a hill so that everybody could watch. This was a grand scale. And it the punishment, the judgment had to be proportionate to the scope and the size of the audience that his message was going to. Jesus' message was repent and believe in the gospel. So now this makes me think of the old prophet, because he had played a part in the young man's death. I'm just glad that the conviction finally brought him to believe in the message of the one that God had sent. John 6, 29, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Friends, we have all played a part 
and Messiah Jesus' death. But for many people out there, I have to ask, when will the conviction of your sins finally reach such a point for you to finally believe in the message so that you will be buried in Jesus Christ? When will it get to be enough to where you finally believe that what Jesus said is actually true, that he's coming back, he's coming back with wrathful judgment, but he also yet offers to save you today so that your judgment will be left alone off of you. You know, Jesus died and took your penalty of sin upon himself so that it doesn't have to fall on you, because if it falls on you, you will be burned for it, and you will never, ever come out. But Jesus died for the whole world all at one time, all at once, to take that sin penalty for you so that you can be saved. And so I want to ask you, when will you be buried with Christ? You know, Jesus died to the world. They crucified him. He died. Now, if he died to the world, then so should we. The world is trying to entice you in with hush money. It's trying to bribe you. It's trying to say, here, I'll give you this and that, a nice new car, a big raise, a boat, uh, all this money. I'll give you all this stuff. Just stop talking about Jesus. Don't do what the Lord says. Just like when Jeroboam tried to entice the young prophet to get him as quiet as the old prophet had been. He's tried to, he tried to get him to be, be quiet, hush money. But you cannot accept that bribe or else you will become indebted to the world. Now, sadly, the young prophet eventually did become enticed by another temptation, and he paid a very, very high price for it. God's own guy. Now, I know still the question looms, why was the young prophet killed while everybody else seemed to get away with it? Like even that old prophet, he should have taken something too, right? Why did the young guy get it and the old guy seemed to get away with it? That old prophet wasn't killed. God did not kill Jeroboam for starting all this trouble in the first place, but yet even restored his arm back to him. It sounds very unfair, doesn't it? How come everybody else didn't get it? How come the young man had to pay so heavy and everybody got away with it? Why? Well, let me ask you a question. Why hasn't God judged you yet for your own sins, but yet offers to restore you. You know why? Because he is going absolutely overboard in love, being very patient with you, waiting for you to get right with him. And so in closing, I want you to know that this was a tough chapter for me personally, because I think about the young prophet's judgment. It was proportionate to the scope and the size of how big his audience was. Every Sunday, I stand at a pulpit and I preach God's word to an audience of people. I'm on Set for Life Radio. We're out on podcast. We're on YouTube. We're on radio, on shortwave radio and local broadcast radio. It's all the way around the entire world. And friends, that's a pretty big audience. James 3, verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Friends, this verse right here punches me right square in the chest. It really hits because I know what can happen to me if I do wrong like the young prophet did. And so for any of you out there who are wanting to be teachers of God's word, I've seen people go off on these crazy uh, things that they wanted to be a pastor. For some reason, they got it in them that they 
they think they're called and they're not, and they just want to go get a bunch of people that'll get around them and and they want to play church, okay? But they're not repenting of what God's word says is sin. They're just their life is not right, and they're trying to be this big teacher. Friends, I want to warn you: if this is you, you'd better consider how serious you are about this, because God is going to be very serious about it too. And if you're going to go out there and play and be enticed by the world, you're going to have a stricter judgment than what everybody else would get, just like that young man had a very strict punishment compared to what the old prophet had. And so I would like to ask you who are hearing me today, please consider something, would you? Should that old prophet have said, you know, I ought to be out there helping that young man. If he was really a prophet, had his eyes really been open, he should have said, you know, I really should be helping that guy. If your answer to that is yes, he should have been. Then I'm asking you for the same thing. Help me. I meet with my church. We meet together every week and we pray. We get together for church on Sunday service. Help me. I'm also asking that uh, Set for Life has some expenses to it. We're on the radio. I'm asking you, help me. If that guy, if that prophet should have been helping that young man, I should be helping that guy. Should you be helping me? Has God put it on your heart to help me, to help Set for Life Radio, the ministry? You can go to setforliferadio.com, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. I don't care. A dollar, a hundred, whatever. I don't care. But shouldn't you be helping rather than not? I'm just asking you to consider in light of this story. And just like that young prophet, though, the young man, I know that I am sent by the power of the word of the Lord, which goes before me, which goes with me. You know, he could have been afraid to go out and speak that big, thick message in that hostile territory. And I know that after reading that uh, teachers receive a stricter judgment, I have every reason to be afraid. As a matter of fact, if the word of the Lord did not go with me, I would probably be too scared to keep continuing this work. I would quit. But I know that the word of the Lord goes with me. And I also have a prophecy to proclaim to many people about a king that's coming, and he's coming with great wrath unless you are buried along with Jesus Christ. And remember we read, if you're buried with Jesus, then you will walk with newness of life. And also, just like that young prophet prophesied, I can also specify the name of the king, and his name is Messiah Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you can bow to him today. You don't have to wait for it to be too late when he shows up. Bow for towards him now. Father, forgive me. I have sinned. I'm sorry. I ask you to renew me and restore back to me that which I have allowed in my rebellion to dry up. Please restore to me the sight to see you at work in my life around me. And I thank you, Lord God, for saving me and dying in my place so that the condemnation doesn't have to fall on me. You can now look upon me, Lord God, as I am buried with Christ, and you can say to your judgment, leave him alone, and I will be saved. Thank you for your gift of eternal life. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to know that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set.